Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. I can't say I've ever interviewed anyone that looks like you before. <laughs> really? I've made a career out of looking at the weird and bizarre side of life. Uh, it's quite a kick. So when I discovered a strange video online, I knew I'd found my next story. CET, Competitive Endurance Tickling Group we got here. Competitive Endurance Tickling. <laughs> it was one of the strangest sports I'd seen. So I told Jane O'Brien Media I'd like to do an interview. Instead of getting a yes or no, I got this. Association with a homosexual journalist is not something we will embrace. Shame on you. Little gay Kiwis. Regards, Jane O'Brien Media. It was hard to take the insult seriously, considering the sport did seem slightly (laughs) gay. This tickling wormhole was getting deeper. I mean, obviously, it's just for fun. Is it just for fun? It's tickling. <laughs> you know, I was young at the time, didn't think nothing of it. And I was like, $2,000, that's going to be cool. I mean, imagine being a teenage boy. She would just keep sending them whatever they wanted. She offered my one buddy a Chevy Cruze and $30,000. The money's endless. This tickling empire is way bigger than we ever imagined. They have tickle cells all over the U.S. They're everywhere. And at some point, these boys say, I'm done the thing that she hates the most was no. It was like a bomb went off. Your phone number and your personal information are entirely known and subject to publication on the internet. All hell broke loose. All of a sudden these videos are on YouTube, Vimo, and every other site you could imagine. Sending emails to the high school that I coach at. What do you think your mother's going to think about this? We're shooting a documentary. I understand what you think you're doing. If you want to stick your head in the blast first... Jane O'Brien's a ghost. Okay, let's go. I'm breathing heavily. Yeah, Sam. We could hear laughter coming out of the vents. We've been spotted. Oh my God. Oh my God. Hi folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. This week we are covering a brand new release that is opening slowly across the United States in certain areas. It is called Tickled. I don't know if you're familiar with the film Tickled. I would ask you to not be familiar with the film Tickled in that go in absolutely cold if you can. Can you trust me enough to take my word that you're going to enjoy this film without watching the preview? Can you do that? Can you just go in 
kind of cold to this film, know that there's some tickling involved in the film and just enjoy it for what it is. Because I will tell you that that's how I enjoyed this movie the first time. And I have to say that it completely blew me away. I was just kind of sitting there shaking my head the whole time, just amazed at what I was watching. I hope I'm not overselling it, but I really had a great time watching this film, and I think that you will too. So just let me say that you can find out more if you want, like especially about the screenings and where they're going to be over at tickledmovie.com. Don't watch the trailer. Just trust me, you're going to want to see this film. You're going to hear an interview here in a few seconds with David Ferrier and Dylan Reed, the co-directors of the film. So I want you to enjoy. We try not to give away too much about what the film is about. Again, if you want, go ahead, turn off the podcast. Just go out and see Tickled or see it when it's in your market or wait until it shows on HBO. I'd prefer, you know, if you want to see it now so we can actually have a dialogue about this film, but go ahead, just enjoy. You don't have to listen to the interview until later on if you don't want. So whatever you want to do, I'm not going to pass judgment, but I would say if you want to listen to the interview, it's coming right up. Please enjoy. But yes, please see Tickled. I think you'll be tickled pink. Thank you guys so much for your time today. I appreciate it. I have to say that Tickled is probably one of my favorite films of the year. Fantastic. Thank you for saying so. It is just a, a terrific documentary and something that I never thought I would necessarily see be it a uh, tickle competition or some of the other things that you uncovered while you're investigating that. Did you know going into it what you were getting yourself in for or nothing? I tried to not know very much about stuff before I get into it. So all I knew was tickle competition. And I thought that just sounded fine for a documentary. Show it to me. And then when the worm kind of turned, I was just amazed at where you guys went with it. Thank you. Great. I want to know a little bit more about you guys. How do you guys know each other? Uh, the internet, Twitter, Facebook, you know, we just, we live in New Zealand and it's a small community, so yeah, just online. Yeah, it's not like we were best friends. We had a lot of friends in common and we'd met once before, but generally we just kept up with each other because we, you know, were into similar things, I suppose, on Facebook and Twitter. And so we mainly interacted that way. Now, David, we got a little bit of your background during the documentary, but Dylan, I'm curious what your background is. I mean, it's not as interesting as David's. I don't put myself on, on camera usually. Um, I'm a behind-the-scenes guy. So I've spent the last, uh, I don't know, 12, 13 years working in post-production as an editor and post-production supervisor. And before that, I used to, I worked, I dabbled in the internet stuff. I worked for an ISP and I did web development and programming, that sort of thing. When was the decision to kind of take what you were finding, David, and go to Dylan with this information? When was that point? Well, again, it happened very... I never went to Dylan. It was... I posted a screenshot of some of the communication I had with Jane and Brian Media on my Facebook. Dylan was probably, I imagine, at his work with a... Five minutes and five minutes, yeah. And, you know, started going, this is a strange response from this company, and he started poking around... Into the in his own time, just organically on his own into the the weird side of the internet. There's that disparity between what they were making and what they were saying that caught my attention. So I was like, "This is crazy. What's really going on here?" So basically, I was just digging into um, digging into them to try and see what it was that was happening. And I mean, I wrote a series of three blogs for you know the official Free News website who I worked for, 
Dylan started blogging separately on his own website. And, you know, we only really met in person. We had pizza at my house, and I said, Dylan, come over. And that's when we discussed this idea of um, launching a Kickstarter to make a documentary out of it because it seemed to sort of lend itself to that. And in part because it was getting too complicated to write about. Like, it was just taking up too many words to tell the story. So we thought, well, pictures and video, pictures and, and, and audio will tell the story for us. I'm sure you guys had no idea what kind of rabbit hole you were getting into when you decided to undergo this, but when was that first moment where you kind of said, aha, like this is a much deeper thing than we ever even thought while we were sitting here having pizza in New Zealand? For me, the, the first thing like that was when I started looking at the domain names and I found this, this list basically of 300, around about 300 domain names that were registered by the same you know, company. Among that list was probably... 40, maybe 40 to 60, I can't remember exactly, that were clearly like firstname, lastname.com. And, and when I started looking at those and found these unusual smear sites or attack sites, that was when I really knew there was something crazy happening. And for me, I think um, what sort of sealed the deal, especially in a visual sense of starting to film things, was when you know, the company sent three people from New York to New Zealand to tell us not to make a film. I think one of the other biggest moments for me is when you guys reveal this kind of long history of this searching for these kind of tickling videos and how far back the story went, all the way back to the nascent days of the internet. That was really blew my mind. Yeah, and that made it a bigger thing because if it was just something, some weird thing that had been like in the last three or four years, like you go, okay, that's weird, but not, you know, it's not that big a deal. But once you find that it's this twenty-year history and and you know, it's it's had it's had the FBI involved in the past, like that's, can't it, you can't walk away from something like that. And I think we're used to things on the internet at the moment that are so fleeting, you know, we just move on to something else. So this whole concept of something, you know, any anything being engaged with for that long is kind of uncanny. You know, I'm calling you from Detroit at the moment, and I was very surprised when the film takes a turn and goes to Muskegon, Michigan. How did you find our lovely city of Muskegon? Well, it was interesting when we started looking at the at the history of these videos. There was suddenly a lot of guys from Muskegon. We're like, all right, well, we can we can probably track some of these guys down, and indeed we did. Because I think you know, throughout the film, we sort of we note that you know there's a lot of money involved, and sort of the people on the receiving end of that are often from very you know, poor communities, and you know, a lot of the people that we encountered in Muskegon, you know, they didn't have a lot of money, and they were part of this world of MMA fighters and, you know, they'd, they'd fight for money and sort of tickling suddenly became another way for them to get income. The way I understand it from the documentary, it seems like this Muskegon area was just kind of one, for lack of a better term, cell where tickle videos were being made. Is that kind of the right assumption? Yeah, I mean, the scale of it is, I mean, that's that's something that was a bit crazy to us making the film because, you know, you, you look at these videos by Jane O'Brien and other iterations, and you do notice that, you know, this tickling is worldwide. You know, you've got people tickling all over the world from Australia to Muskegon. And whether whether they're all organized as well as Muskegon or they're all a bit different, you know, take on their own shape wherever. But there's certainly people, you know, in, in Denmark and Australia and uh, in the UK that have, that have you know, done local tickling. I'm curious about your experiences with the tickle chair, from what I understand, all of you took a turn on the tickle chair, is that correct? The deal Richard made was that he would talk to us if David would take a turn in the tickle chair. The deal David made was he would take a turn in the tickle chair if we all took a go. So basically, David did 10 minutes, and then uh, 
myself and our DP Dom and our sound guy Cam, um, we did, I think, two minutes each. It was pretty horrific. I can't even imagine. It's a different edge when you can't get away. And, you know, Richard is a professional tickler. He does it for a living. And, you know, when you're strapped in there and you can't get away, he's also incredibly, has very nimble fingers. And they really find, he really finds the places to get you. That sounds worse than, like, being out for a spanking bench. You know, it sounds like it, it just the, the lack of control and the sensation of tickling just makes my skin crawl. I think, yeah, I think it would be worse. At least, you know, spanking's just pain. It just goes away after a while. But tickling, it's, it's this constant uh, sensory input that you can't control. Well, hats off to all of you guys for that. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you get to experience it one day. Tell me about some of the things that have happened since the documentary has come out. There's been a few things that have happened. I mean, Jane O'Brien Media is still fairly active. We've had people, representatives from Jane O'Brien, turning up to different festival screenings. There was a screening in Missouri where there were two gentlemen in the audience who appeared to be recording the film from a coffee cup, and we got security to remove them. The police removed them. And it turns out that they were two private investigators from New York hired to go to Missouri to try and record the film. Kevin was at Sundance. He was one of the gentlemen that came from New York to New Zealand. Um, he was observed furiously scribbling notes in the audience. And, you know, for the audience around him, that was a really unsettling experience because they're watching him on screen and you've seen his scenes. Suddenly he's next to them. So that, you know, if you, there's a blog, if you Google um, confused monologues tickles, You'll get a great blog about that person's experiences sitting next to Kevin. And then another festival, uh, I was served um, with two lawsuits, two defamation lawsuits. So it's an ongoing thing. It hasn't, you know, the story feels like it's still very much alive in our lives, for sure. I mean, how do you feel, Dylan? Luckily, I haven't been on the receiving end as much directly as as David has. But, you know, I feel my my name's on the lawsuits and... um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of vicariously living through some of these experiences that David's been, been, been there for that I haven't. Yeah, but I mean, just yes, I mean, we just had our premiere in New York. I mean, we're out here in the States on Friday more widely, but Marco tweeted me something along the lines of, see you soon, Davy boy. And that sort of comes out of the blue. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? Am I going to see, am I expecting to see Marco again at one of these screenings that I'm attending in the next few days. So, you know, it's very much alive and well. I think even more than just the exposure of this one particular person and this whole wide web that he has kind of cast, you do such a good job of exposing just this whole idea of, you know, the internet troll and what that type of person can do, especially if they seem to have what seems like an unlimited bank account. So many of the trolls online probably don't have the resources to pull off some of the things that we see here, but the patterns are consistent. Yeah, I mean, there must be other people online who, who behave in similar ways and use the internet in similar ways, and that's um, it's sort of troubling to think about, but you know, hopefully I think twice about, well, I should know they're not invulnerable anyway. You open in New York and L.A. this week, and then you're kind of rolling it out across the rest of the U.S. over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah we've got, we're putting all the details up on tickledmovie.com, and yeah, we're getting to over 20 cities, which is exciting, you know, and Dylan's doing some screenings, doing some Q&As in L.A., and I'm going to take it to um, Austin and D.C. and a few other places. So it's a mystery as much as a film about tickling. You know, people, you know, you're not going to go to this film and just watch tickling for an hour and a half. It really does take you on a pretty surreal, strange journey that 
very quickly becomes less about tickling and more about um, power and control. Though I do like that you have that angle that you get in on and that you do have that scene with the tickling bench where you kind of explain what some of the appeal might be before you kind of you know veer off to one side completely and go down that whole uh, trip with you know uncovering the facts. Tickling really is just light S and M. You know, it's it's bondage and it's um, it's a, a power a power play. But um, you know, ultimately it's it's harmless in general. It's just the uh, the, the way it carries on afterward. Now, I have to ask a really kind of nerdy question to you guys. When it came to getting the time off from work, did you have any problems with your job as far as taking these trips to the U.S. and doing all this investigation? Because this must have taken a lot of your time from your lives. I mean, David was a contractor. Yeah, I, I was lucky in that I worked as well on a late-night news show, so I sort of had until 3 p.m. each day where I didn't have to be in the office or trying to find other stories. So... I used that time for research, and when it came to the trips, Dylan and I were both fortunate, and we had understanding bosses who would let us take unpaid leave when we were shooting in America. So it was, yeah, it was a lot of our own time, but it was, you know, it was we were in it together, and it was on some level it was enjoyable. So we just sort of went ahead and did it. Yeah, I think the um, the harder thing for me was family. Like I had to leave my wife at home um, during the school holidays with three kids, and that's stressful you don't want to, I don't want to make her life harder but um, you know, the story took place at the time it did and we had to chase it yeah and I mean you know, like Dylan's wife Mel like she was ended up like doing some great research into it as well so like all of our all the people we kind of knew sort of got drawn into this a little bit as well and sort of enjoyed going on the journey with us or I like to think they enjoyed it <laughs> tell me a little bit more about your crew who are some of the guys that you worked with well so when we did the Kickstarter initially I basically roped in a friend of mine, Eve, who's a, a, ca- a good cameraman who I know, who was really enthusiastic. Um, and we had uh, a guy named Dan who helped us with some research and sort of was, a, was an on-the-ground um, production assistant when we, when we did our first little bit of shooting. Um, and then a bit later on, we sort of we had to shoot more and make it a, a bigger story than, than we initially imagined it might be. Um, and we got a guy named Dom, with our, with our cinematographer, um, and uh, a great sound recorder named Cam. Um, and they were they, so it's really it, with the four of us traveling um, and and exploring the story. Now, other than the lawsuits, what have been some of the reactions to the film? I think people. I mean, ideally, I want people to go into the film knowing very little about it, and in going on the journey of sort of going, oh wow, this went to some places we didn't think it would go to. The most interesting reaction from some people is that they didn't know they were into tickling as a fetish, and then during the film they sort of felt a bit strange in their stomach and came up to us afterwards and said, oh, we actually really like this. We didn't know we loved tickling. Um, That's probably been one of the most unique experiences. It's not something you've got yourself, Mike? No, no. If anything, I was just like, that's one thing I don't think I want to try. Yeah, that's that's a pretty normal reaction, I think. I mean, you know, people are into what they're into, but... Yeah, and I think I think people have this idea, especially if they're sort of internet natives, that you know they think that they can't be fooled by something online. And I think this has kind of reminded people that there are still sort of situations online where you can be tricked into something that you're you're unaware that you're involved with. Well, more than anything, just the viciousness of the attacks and this whole idea of these smear sites was just remarkable. Especially the one interview that you guys had with the guy whose life was just turned upside down by some of this stuff just really you know i pulled my heart out of my chest i know and it's, and it's so arbitrary you know because however many you know say there were like 10 guys who went and did the shoot 
you know, a bunch of them would have a fine experience and one of them would have a terrible experience. And you're like, what, what, why did that guy get, why did that guy get targeted? Like, what, what makes him the, the one deserving of this attack? Was it because was it, was it he was a favourite and, um, and didn't, you know, come back for a second round? So it was, that was a strange part to think about as well. This has to be quite a heady experience for you guys, this being your first documentary, and to have it be so successful and get the kind of reception that it's getting. Is this not what happens with every documentary? Make another one, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid to. I'm really glad, uh, because you've got Magnolia and HBO kind of behind this. That was a huge, you know, exciting development for us out of Sundance. It was not only to sell it, um, you know, for theatrical distribution in the U.S., which was you know, almost unimaginable to us that people would go and would go and pay money in a movie theater and watch our film, but um, then to also have it on, you know, HBO, one of the, well, probably the most well-known cable network in the world. Um, it's it's crazy. Because you kind of get lost in your own head making something like this, where you kind of lose perspective of the whole thing. So Sundance and having it picked up there was a really encouraging moment. I bet. I mean, yeah, that must have really been pretty exciting for you guys. You must have. I can't say made you feel like you hit the j- a jackpot because I'm sure there's not that much money involved in things, but at least you know that your story is getting out there. Completely. Yeah, you don't get rich from making documentaries, but it's nice to know, you know, it's, it's nice to make something, but it's also nice to know that people are uh, able to watch it and enjoy it. Well, this is definitely one of those documentaries that I'm recommending to anybody that will listen to me. Oh, thank you. I mean, you know, something else I think it will spread with word of mouth, you know, it's people sort of telling people, you know, it's like for something like The Jinx, you know, people say, oh, did you see that crazy miniseries? You know, you got to watch this thing. And I, I hope it'll be similar with this. Well, I will do what I can here from Detroit. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You're not appreciated. Well, good luck with the media blitz. And thanks again for your time, guys. This has been a real pleasure. Thank All you. Good. Thanks for the support. All right. That was co-directors David Ferrier and Dylan Reeve of the movie Tickled. I hope by the time that you're hearing this, you have seen Tickled. If not, that's fine. Hopefully you'll go out and see it soon. Did you like it? Did you not like it? If not, let's have a little conversation about it. Go on over to our website, projection-booth.com, and you can leave your comments there. And, you know, we can we can talk about what's good and bad about Tickled and uh, perhaps even tickling. Uh, not necessarily my bag, but uh, I know it's somebody's. So have fun with that. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show.
Touch me, touch me.